baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hey, now that sounds familiar. It sure does. And it's a sound that may not be as familiar moving forward. Studies suggest that there's less and less beer drinking going on across the country. According to a report by Beer Marketers Insights, beer shipments last year were the lowest since 1999. Wow, they clearly didn't include that Super Bowl party I went to. Maybe it missed the cut. I think it must have not been included in this study. Although, in honesty... I drink less beer now than I used to. I do too, and it's probably because I'm drinking other things. I find myself drinking more wine or cocktails than I used to. But, Mike, before we get any further, I wanted to point something out that listeners may have noticed in our feed. Now, I was wondering about this. You'll notice that some episodes have the word off bites in front of the headline. Lauren and I have started to put out a couple extra episodes every month to cover all of the offbeat stories that we can't get to in these once-a-week episodes. I see. So I guess my invitation got lost in the mail. You're more than welcome to join the Off Besties for Off Bites anytime you want. You're just humoring the old guy now. You didn't want me to participate because you know I'm technologically challenged. I think it'd be fun. But back to the beer, or lack thereof. All right, let's get to that. That is Chris. I'm Mike. This is Something Offbeat. And this week I spoke with Tyler Ash, a senior trends analyst at the consumer research company GWI, about the declining beer consumption and other wellness trends in the U.S. So, Tyler, what's behind the decreasing beer sales we're seeing? So we are seeing that beer not necessarily dropping in sales as much as being challenged by Americans changing health habits. For example, they want to consume less calories. Uh, So it's more that we see regular beers or craft beers that are having to tackle this challenge, but light beers are actually a favorite of this low calorie crowd. Interesting. So uh, health has a lot to do with the calories. People don't want to get the beer belly anymore. No, they don't. And it's not just about uh, health. It's also about how much choice there is today for uh, alcoholic drinks and even non-alcoholic options. Uh, Our data at GWI shows us uh, that consumers are turning to other types of alcohol, especially pre-mixed alcoholic cocktails and flavored malt beverages like hard seltzers. Uh, And this is a trend we're seeing primarily uh, being driven by younger generations. Those aren't any healthier for you than beer, though, right? I mean, a lot of them feature uh, zero to little calories, and I think that's really what they're looking for. And okay. it also has uh, flavor and taste have a lot to do with this. Uh, so many of the hard seltzers have tasty-sounding flavors like mango and black cherry, and premixed cocktails obviously have a consistent and usually pretty optimal combination of liquor and a mixer. Uh, so you can get a can of a premixed vodka soda. You know exactly what you're going to get. And likewise, if you grab a mango-flavored hard seltzer. What about wine and and the hard liquor? Are, are they being affected equally? No, we're actually seeing quite the opposite. Uh, we're not seeing the same sort of health-driven impacts for liquor and wine consumption as we have with beer. And the U.S., our data tells us that vodka is the most consumed alcohol across all, all sorts of types. 
And over the last four years, we've seen pretty large increases for tequila, gin, and sparkling wines. If we want to talk about liquor specifically, uh, certain cocktails have taken the viral spotlight. A few years ago, uh, the Negroni Spagliato, uh, after the interview with Emma Darcy from House of the Dragon. So that was her favorite cocktail. Negroni, sale, Negroni, Negroni Spagliato sales went through the roof. Uh, we're seeing the same thing with espresso martinis. Uh, so it helps to get some uh, virality to boost uh, some liquor sales. Chris, you said you don't drink as much beer as you used to. What is your drink of choice these days? I have to admit, I've given into the ranch water craze that has taken hold at restaurants and bars all over the place, but I'm a purist here. I want just tequila, Topo Chico, and lime. Oh. A, a lot of places loaded up with like lime juice or lime flavoring. Those aren't my favorites. What about you? Oh, well, you know, Everclear, rubbing alcohol. <laughs> no, I've, I've actually been experimenting lately with mojitos. Okay, those are good. Odd time of year to go with a mojito. It is, no, there's never a bad time of year for a mojito. But not that often, really. And my overall alcohol consumption, I think, is down a little bit. I think mine is, too. And I've been making a conscious effort to drink less, mainly for the health reasons that Tyler mentioned. Like, instead of coming home from work and mindlessly pouring a drink, trying to save those occasions for weekends or at least when there's a reason to celebrate something. That sounds reasonable. You know, some people are avoiding alcohol altogether, though. They're replacing it with some interesting stuff, mocktails and kava. There's also a sober sip drinks that's being advertised on Instagram and micro doses of mushrooms. According to a Gallup poll taken in August, 62% of Americans under the age of 35 drink. That's down from 72% 20 years ago. Meanwhile, the percentage of people 55 and older who drink has increased from 49 to 59%. Really? I guess I'm the outlier in that group. <laughs> Is drinking overall trending down? Yeah, so what we're seeing in uh, especially young consumers is that there are many reasons uh, that they're choosing not to drink today. Uh, social aspects are playing a role here, and there's a lot more scope to being sober curious as well. Uh, you have events uh, on the calendar like Dry January that are becoming more popular, and uh, health, again, is another reason why young Americans are deciding not to drink as they're citing uh, weight control and dieting as reasons to forego alcohol. They also want to avoid hangovers, which, I mean, understandable. Uh, who doesn't want to do that? So that's also part of their mindset. And even if dry January participants do go back to drinking, uh, they might not drink as much before in the 30 days or so of abstinence from alcohol. Uh, they might learn something that they want to carry on uh, when they drink in the future. And, you know, drinking, especially at bars and clubs, is becoming expensive now. So there's many reasons why uh, young consumers especially are turning off from alcohol right now. This phrase you just mentioned, I just heard, sober curious. I heard that for the first time just recently. Explain that mm -hmm. to me. What's going on here? Especially with social media, uh, people are learning the benefits of, you know, not drinking alcohol or at least, you know, putting severe moderation, uh, very little alcohol drinking. As part of the health consciousness trend, people are looking to cut calories, uh, reduce sodium intake, you know, they're, and the drinking is just part of that. And so they're looking at, you know, overall wellness, mindfulness, and, you know, they're seeing that drinking as something that's not only affecting them at the moment, but they might get a hangover in the morning, they have things to do the next day. And so they're just really just, you know, cutting it out altogether or uh, reducing it. What are people replacing drinking with? 
But what other mind-altering substances are seeing a boost as a result of it? So you would think that non-alcoholic drinks, uh, it's a big emerging market around the world, would be popular among non-drinkers, but that isn't the case at all. Close to 90% of non-drinkers in the U.S. say they never drink non-alcoholic drinks. But what they are turning to more, especially in the past few years, are energy drinks and sports drinks, energy, household energy drink brands like Red Bull and Rockstar. I saw double-digit growth over last year, and you had newcomers to the industry like Celsius and the viral prime drink from influencers online uh, like Logan Paul and KSI that have been a massive hit, especially among young consumers worldwide. What about marijuana? With the legality, uh, depending state by state, we really can't talk to the trend in it, but you know, we see everywhere more states are legalizing it. Uh, young consumers are either using it recreationally or for medicinal purposes. And so there are more people doing it now as it becomes legal. What else are people focusing on with this, this focus on wellness? I know meditation, the number of people meditating is up, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's just one component of increased mindfulness here in the U.S. It really starts with attitudinal changes. Right now, more than half of Americans, according to our data, are believe that we should be more open about mental health. And that's being proven in practice with things like meditation, yoga. And compared to the end of 2020, Americans are 63% more likely to see a therapist on the regular. And it's not just at an individual level, too. This increase in mindfulness is becoming sort of a demand from their employers. Uh, we estimate that nearly 30% of business professionals receive mental health support as part of their work benefits package, which is crazy to think about, you know, comparing to how mental health was talked about a couple of years ago. And it's one of the most desired benefits in a benefits package uh, is time off for mental health purposes. And this is also expanding, you know, past your office jobs uh, into service jobs. Uh, Chipotle, for example, recently started to offer mental health perks, hoping to target Gen Z workers. So is all of this a trend uh, or, or is this going to reverse itself? Where are we going to be 10 years from now? Well, just in the, based on what we've seen in the past four, uh, people are more open about mental health. They're, they're seeing the doctor more regularly in the rise of telemedicine. Uh, people are starting to get the care they need if it's their schedules. And so in the next 10 years, we can't say for sure uh, where it's going to go. But based on the last four, we can definitely say that you know, people are more are opening up about mental health and getting the support they need. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You know, Chris, I've been in this business for a while, and I've noticed some changes uh, when it comes to mental health, mental wellness. You know, before, people just, when they were having problems, they just pushed through, right? Now, you got meds, you got therapy, and there's less of a stigma, I think, associated with all of that. I agree, and I think that's probably for the better. Holding on to a bunch of pent-up emotions or frustrations probably isn't healthy for us or those around us. Does that mean I still do it? Probably. It is a tough habit to completely break. Plus, I'm not sure you want to hear what I really think of these something offbeat producers. I would imagine that technology has really impacted this, this trend. 
as well. You got Fitbits and, you know, these apps that can do your heart rate and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to talk about uh, smartwatches, those are extremely interesting because uh, when the Apple Watch was released in 2015, it was touted more as an extension of your phone. The owners of it were these jet-setting, tech-adapt men that you expected in, uh, to be the early adopters of technologies like this. Fast forward to 2023, 2024, uh, it's a health tracking device primarily owned by women, and health tracking is the number one reason to own a smartwatch here in the States and globally, these super tracking devices can track your steps, sleep, exercise, and all sorts of health metrics. And owners of smartwatches are more likely to be daily runners and nearly 80% say they're in good or excellent health. How about social media? You mentioned uh, Logan Paul earlier. How big a role do people like that play in this? When it comes to social media influencers, the overarching theme here is awareness. Uh, we're seeing a lot of health trends on social media. You know, what was once your grandma's like secret health hack could turn into a late, the latest wellness trend overnight. There's a lot of power in viral discourse. One thing that we looked at in particular and wrote um, about in our Connecting Dots reports that we release annually is just changing dietary trends. So not necessarily a, a march towards veganism and vegetarianism and strict uh, diets like that, but you know, reducing sugar, kicking out dairy. A lot of this is what people see on social media. For example, people are taking more vitamins, minerals, and supplements for different purposes, but one is gut health. The hashtag gut health uh, on TikTok has over 7 billion views. People are sharing what supplements they take, their daily exercise routines, all to promote well-being. Products are also seeing a big boost uh, thanks to TikTok. The Hatch Alarm Clock was recently viral and you know users touted, like, I got the best sleep of my life, which is particularly appealing to Americans uh, desperate to fix sleeping habits. This is all for the best, right? I mean, I mean, I might disagree if I was a bar owner, but we're headed in the right direction, aren't we? Yeah, if you just want to look at, you know, from a 10,000 foot view of, you know, human health, uh, we're marching towards a more, you know, more whole, holistic approach to mindfulness, wellness. We're not saying that alcohol is on its way out or anything like that. It's still a massive industry. People are still going out to bars, to clubs, but there is an increased mindfulness for its health and wellness. I'm Mike Rogers. Thanks so much for listening to Something Offbeat. This episode written and produced by Lauren Berry and Chris Blake. Audio editing by Chris Blake. Original music by Myron Kaplan. And editorial support, as always, from Cooper Mall. To keep listening, please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app, Spotify, or Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got your own offbeat story that you think we should cover, we want to hear about it. Send it to us at something offbeat at Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.